I don't know my great, 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 great grandmother's name, but my intent is that if my great, great, great grandchildren will know my name, not because I necessarily care that they know my name, but I want them to know my testimony. Mm -hmm. I want them to know what the Lord did for me. I wanted them to know how the Lord blessed me and that those blessings carry for a thousand generations. I want my great, 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 great grandchildren to know that their great, 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 great grandmother had a relationship with the Lord Almighty that was real, that was tangible, and they can have the same thing too. And that is curated by continuing to pass down those testimonies from generation to generation of what the Lord can do and how he did it for me and how he can do it for you and how he will continue to do it across generations. And those blessings do last for a thousand generations. Hello and welcome to One Generation to the Next. I'm your host, Amanda Renee, and this is my lovely co-host, my Nana. Donna Wright. And she can be your Nana too because she is everybody's Nana. All right, Nana. This week we have a pretty intense and interesting story. It is about your house burning down. <laughs> so let's hear about that. Okay. <laughs> well, the Lord has been with us through some mighty uh, times in our life. Amen. And this was one of them. And uh, when I was, I guess, in my late 20s, um, my kids were still young, and uh, we were living out kind of rural in, in the Huntersville area. Huntersville, North Carolina. Yeah, Huntersville, North Carolina. I, I was in the house cooking, and uh, cooking supper, and had not planned on going out or anything like that, but um, our uh, we had a white German shepherd, and it had uh, it was had been missing all day long. My daughter and uh, my little niece Jackie came in, wanting to know um, if I would go with them up the creek. Uh, up the creek. Up the creek. Up the creek. <laughs> up the creek. <laughs> so we could, uh, because uh, people, uh, some of the old farmers would put traps in in the creek. Oh no! <laughs> and we wanted to make sure that he wasn't. Like, what type of traps? I guess traps to catch um, um, the coyotes. Yeah, okay. whatever runs around in the creeks. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, we wanted to make sure that he didn't uh, get get in one of those traps. So I said, "Yeah, yeah, I'll." Um, so I reached over and I cut everything off on the stove. And we left and went out the back up the creek. <laughs> and um, my son and his little friend were uh, playing in the yard. We had been gone maybe 10 minutes, maybe not even that long. And I heard my son yelling, Mama, Mama, the house is on fire. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and I'm sure that's the last thing you want to hear as a mom that's away from the house and you hear kids screaming, yeah. the house is on fire. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you at all think it was like a joke or did you, could you tell this was No, serious? I could tell. I could tell. He was like, um, his, the, his voice, yeah. the sound, and his sound. And, um, and, and I searched in my mind, how could our house be on fire? And I, I said, well, I could cut the stove off. Right. But then... I remembered that there was a pan of, I was going to make some French fries, 
and there was a pan of grease on the stove, and so I thought, uh-oh, what if I didn't cut that pan off, oh, you no. know? Yeah. And so obviously it had gotten too hot and, and had started a fire. So we, we turned around and started running back uh, through the woods, and it took me, you know, a, a few minutes to get through the woods and everything. And when we got back, when we got to the backyard, the whole back of the house was in flames. Oh, my goodness. So did you start panicking? What was your initial reaction? Uh, my initial reaction was, my husband's going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought... <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, thought, I thought, oh, no. I know we got insurance, but I don't know if insurance covers something that you, you right. caused. Right. And, yeah. I, and I knew that the fire had to be caused from that stove, but it wasn't intentional. That's right. You right. know, it was truly an accident. Right. So the house was, was on fire. My daughter, she, they, her and her cousin had come up uh, running uh, with me, and uh, this was Lisa, my do- old- oldest child, and she just had a panic. Fell on the ground, beating the ground. I didn't know what in the world, something I hadn't seen. What was right, going on? Right. And she uh, said, my bird, my bird. She had a bird. She had a bird. That was in and, a cage in mm, her room in the house. So we were able to go up on the back porch, and her birdcage was right at her window, which was the back porch right. led up to the window. And we were able to go up on the back porch and uh, and and put our hand in, pull the cage up. Wow. And, and reach in and grab the bird. Had to right. take the screen down and all yeah. like that. But she was able to get her bird out and went running, taking it up to Jackie's wow. house. Yeah. And put it in with her bird. <laughs> This was my mom when she was little that she's talking yeah, about. Yeah, Lisa, my daughter. She was about 10 years old, I think, at that time, something like that. So they saved the bird, and they put it in the cage with mm-hmm. the other bird. So what are you doing this time? Are you still at the house? I'm still, all right, we just saved the bird, so we were still at the back of the house. Okay. And so I, as I come down the stairs and I'm going around the curve, the corner of the house, I run into my husband because he wasn't there when... I set fire on that to the house. He he had gotten there after, and somebody must have told him your house is on fire. fire." So he went running down, and um, and so we kind of like bumped into each other. And I thought, you know, oh no, oh no, I don't. So we didn't really communicate right then, like how it started or anything like that. So I had run around to the front door, and I was going. I went in. I went in the house and there the flames were. Pause. Don't ever go into a burning house. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> well, I looked before I went in, it's and the matter. fire was not in the living room yet. Okay, thank and, you, Holy Spirit. And and so I was thinking to save some pictures. Okay. And I knew in our coffee table there was a, a like a door. Right. And, and I understand the, this. So I, understand I went running and grabbed up everything that I could and was carrying it out well everybody when i was on my way out everybody was fussing at me and yelling at me that i couldn't go back in the house and i wanted to go back there was a a family portrait uh that my brother had painted uh that we lost and uh, a piano and all kinds of stuff i could have got out i know i could have i could have yeah it was right there 
Anyway, I could have got stuff out, and I didn't because they wouldn't let me go back in the house. Right. So, and by this time, it had been, what, at least five minutes or longer since they'd called the fire department, and so we could hear the sirens as they were headed toward the house. Right. The way our house was built, there was a hill um, right there in front, kind of. So we were sitting, everybody was just sitting on the hill watching my house burn. And because fire, fire department hadn't got there yet. Right. And we were watching it, and I could hear, like I had done a lot of cannon. I used to be real, you know, productive. <laughs> I'd sew clothes and canned food and all this kind of stuff, but I had done Hannah, a lot of cannon. I really like preservatives. You should probably make some jam. Um, <laughs> I could hear those jars where the fire had uh, right. burnt the shelves. I could hear those jars falling and breaking in right. our pantry. And I'm sure that was an awful sound to was, know it, what was happening. And, and couldn't do nothing about it. Right. Yeah, But before the fire department got there even, I was sitting there. And, and do you know, the Holy Ghost is your comforter. He is. And... While I was sitting there, the Holy Ghost just moved. He was right there with me. He was right there. I mean, I was calm. Right. I wasn't crying. I wasn't upset anymore. It was like the Holy Ghost just brought a peace, a holy peace over me that, um, you know, took away all of that anguish and fear and frustration of what, of our house burning down right, yeah. because obviously we lost almost everything we had except for the bird and some pictures yeah right? we got did get the bird and we did get a few pictures in my arms but years and years after that we would say we'd be looking for something right. and we'd say oh it must have got gone in the house fire right. so <laughs> so you know it it was like affected us years and years and years okay. later so but but that the fact that the Holy Ghost had brought such peace was such a, a big deal to me. Right. I and, mean, I think it'd be to anybody yeah. being able to say, as I was watching everything that I owned burn down in my home. Our clothes, all our clothes, and my daughter's canopy bed. Right. Everything. All of the special things yes. that were... <laughs> Rememberable, watching all of that burn down, but being able to say the Holy Spirit was literally holding my hand, upholding me and protecting mm-hmm. my heart from breaking and protecting me from mentally just having a, you know, mm-hmm. a, a breakdown and was comforting me as I was there watching this whole thing just unfold. I think that is incredible. It's an incredible testimony of who God really is. He is our wonderful counselor and our almighty God that even in the midst of all of the things burning down, he still gives us this portion of peace. And as Christians, as believers, we're able to hold on to that peace. It's our portion. It's our inheritance. We serve the prince of peace. And so in the midst of just crucial disaster the prince of peace is able to be there with through the holy spirit holding you up 
giving you comfort and peace in the midst of this just chaotic storm. Mm -hmm. That's an incredible testimony. Yeah. What you call, they used to call them Winnebagas. It was a motor home. Mm -hmm. It was the Winnebago type. And, uh, and we, we had one of those because we used to travel a lot and do event, uh, tent meeting to take different, to revivals in different places. But so we had that and we, we were able to stay in the Winnebago. Right. But um, we, but the only thing that we had left was whatever was in there, which, right. you know, I, I can't remember. It was a little bit of stuff, like a few dishes and, right. and towels and stuff like that maybe. But my uh, brother-in-law and sister-in-law lived right next door to us, and, and they said, you know, that our kids could spend the night at their house and uh, so the first night they did, maybe even two nights, I don't know. But by the third night, I was like, no, we've, our family's gone through something right. traumatic, and we're going to be together. Right. I want my family together. And so they came back, and we all stayed in that Win yeah. <laughs> Winnebago. <laughs> and so the next day, my husband and I were kind of sut surfing. <laughs> Surfing through the sut. <laughs> sut surfing. Sut That's surfing. a new thing. Going we, through the sut of sut, the ashes. Uh -huh. Well, what happened, we did have insurance. Praise God for that. We did have insurance, and they had told us to make a list of everything that we had that had gotten wow. blown up. Yeah. I was going, you know, trying to remember, you know, what you have yeah. that got that you don't have anymore. You have to itemize everything you have at a home. I mean, that's yeah. incredibly challenging. <laughs> and so it was challenging, Absolutely. to say the least. But So that first day, um, my kids stayed with Don and Phyllis, my brother and sister-in-law, and Larry wanted, we, we didn't have any other clothes, so we cleaned up the best that we could because we'd been raking through the sut. But we didn't feel very, very elegant or anything, but Larry wanted to take me out to eat. Okay. And so we were just going to get away from it for a little bit. So we, because we lived out in a rural, rural Huntersville. So right. we drove into Charlotte to Red Lobster and uh, over on Freedom Drive. <laughs> and this was before Huntersville was really developed. So yeah. it, it was rural. <laughs> it now was you like, go there, it's crazy yeah. chaos and traffic everywhere. This but. was a long time ago, yeah. We uh, were sitting there because uh, it was pretty crowded and you had to sit and wait for them to call you. And, and so we were sitting there and we didn't, like I said, we didn't really feel like we should have even been at that particular restaurant because right. we'd been, you know, we felt kind of sweaty still. Yeah. I'm sure we'd washed our hands and was as clean as we could be, but we just didn't feel that great. And, of course, after losing everything, you just, uh, we, we were still praising, you, you praised the Lord in all things. Amen. By faith, we had learned that long, long time before. There was... A lady sitting right next to my husband, and she had kept looking at us, and then she finally said, she said, you're, you're the preacher, aren't you? And Larry said, well, I am a preacher. Right. <laughs> and she said, yes, you're, you're the man that prayed for me. I was death. And over in Belmont, North Carolina, you were in revival over there at a church, and you prayed for me and God healed me. He gave, restored my healing, my, my hearing. And so in the middle 
of a restaurant, uh, feeling kind of sorry for yourself right. because you got to go through all this stuff now. God can take the things, the bad things that happen and turn them around for you for your good and his glory. Right. But still, sometimes you just don't want to go through things. Of course. You know? Of course. But right in the middle of all of that, a testimony came about how that the Lord had healed this this uh, lady when my husband had prayed for her. And so God let us re- made us realize and know how awesome he is he hadn't left us that he's with us he loves us and that and he brings things back to your memory right so he brought this woman who had been to one of my grandfather's tent revival meetings he had my grandfather had prayed over this woman and who was death who can now hear Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. after they watched their house burn down lost everything Went to eat to kind of sulk and have a little <laughs> break from sifting through the ashes. Out of the ashes, the Lord brings this lady to testify of who Jesus is and how he used my grandfather to be able to heal this lady and remind him that through the ashes, there is beauty because oh, yes. the Lord turns beauty from ashes. That's right. And to remind, even though you're still having to go through it, he allows you to have those little God winks are little pokes that are just reminders of how he is faithful, how he is always at work, how even through what seems like nonsense or chaos or things that are just tough and hard and you don't want to go through, there's little glimmers of hope because he is our king of hope, uh, where he allows us to remember the history that he's created with us and send somebody along the way to remind us also how his life, being obedient and surrendered to the Lord, was able to affect this woman who could not could not hear and now is able to hear. That's incredible. Like that is such an amazing testimony in itself that the Lord still does miracles. That's right. And it is incredible to know and to hear and to see and to cling on to that faith of knowing he did it before, he did it for that lady, and he can do it again. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, another, another uh, testimony to kind of link to all of that was um, he remembered that service that she was in and he remembered that that night in particular he was not feeling good himself he said i probably felt sicker than than most of the people i was praying for (laughs) but the anointing when he would be under the anointing of the lord the Holy Ghost's anointing uh, moving through him as he would be preaching and, and praying, ministering to people, uh, the the anointing would break that, and and he was able to to right. you know uh, preach through. and push through. But he said he remembered that night in particular that uh, there were so many people that had wanted prayer. A lot of times we might not feel like doing what right. we God wants us to do. Absolutely. And it also shows you that sometimes I feel like the enemy can perceive what's going to happen. Like mm. if he knows you're going to go and preach somewhere and that the Lord is having is going to partner with you and he's having people come that are sick and you're carrying an anointing for healing and the enemy sees that. So he tries to push back and discourage us or discourage you from being able to go to where he knows the glory of the Lord is going to be revealed through you at. And so oftentimes I feel like 
uh, during those times where the enemy can perceive that the Lord's going to do something really amazing or like miracles or use somebody, then he'll push back. Just like Elijah. Elijah was right before he went to Mount Carmel to call down the fire, <laughs> the Lord, uh, to prove that all the Baal prophets were false prophets. He still had pushback because the guy that met him, that ran into him on the path, he was like, I'm not going to go tell the king that you're here. All I know, God's going to whisk you away. And then I'm going to be the one that's left here. Um, so even uh, Elijah at that point in time still had some weird kind of pushback of nobody wanting to actually follow through with telling the king that he was there. Um, and so it may pop up in different ways where it looks like sickness or it looks like just discouragement, like whoever you're partnering along with the path, they're like, no, I don't want to do that. And you're like, no, but the Lord said so, so go ahead. So sometimes people without even knowing it can sometimes plant some discouragement. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't mean they're technically being used by the enemy. It's just that circumstance is allowing those like negative things to go into the the consideration or your thought or your train of thought path where it may not be exactly uh the perfect moment or the perfect time or you don't feel like going or all the circumstances have been just so hard to even get there. You're exhausted before it ever even starts. <laughs> However, um, when we're able just to be obedient and continue and follow through and not be flaky and not cancel all the things, but just say, no, I feel like the Lord's in it. I'm going to show up and give it my best and do my all and see what the Lord will do. And I think that's a testament to not allowing the enemy to discourage us, whether it be sickness or discouraging words or some other circumstance that would prevent you from being there. Um, but just continuing to persevere and push through. The word says that, um, blessed are those who persevere and continue to move forward in the name of the Lord. Amen. I have another interesting testimony as well as kind of going along with that, not wanting or not feeling like doing something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, one morning before church, I was just kind of running late and I just was not feeling like going to church and I was going to the second service. So I was already, you know, No excuse not to go. I just wasn't wanting to go. (laughs) I wanted to sleep in that day, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to get up and I'm going to go. I'm not going to make an excuse and I'm just going to to go to church. And so, but I really kind of struggled with that decision. Really just felt like just the bed was calling me back into (laughs) lay back down. However, I went ahead and got there. I was late and that was kind of one of the reasons I had already been late waking up. So I was like, I'm going to be late. So I walked in a little bit late, but I walked in and there was a man there that I knew. And he said, Amanda, awesome. I was looking for somebody to pray with after service. This lady had come up to me and was telling me how they wanted her whole family came with her as an act of faith. And they wanted us to pray for her because the doctor had given her some kind of report of the baby was they wanted her to terminate her pregnancy and i'm not sure what the terminology is but there was some kind of blood where it wasn't supposed to be and there wasn't a heartbeat and so they said that they were suggesting terminate the pregnancy and she was supposed to go back in for another ultrasound before they did that just to confirm because she wanted them to just confirm before she made that appointment to terminate her pregnancy and so we were like Okay, no problem. So the, the the man, his name was Mark. Mark was like, come, I want you to pray afterwards, stay. And um, I wanted a, a female to be there to pray too. And so I was like, okay, awesome. And this is a really cool part of the story as well. Well, one, I didn't feel like going. But two, <laughs> the Lord, I just kept felt this nudge just to go. And so even despite the fact that I almost didn't go, that I was late, it was still the perfect timing. Mm-hmm. It was still perfect timing. I was running in a little bit late, but Mark was in there in the um, outside of the auditorium. 
kind of lingering, looking for somebody just to make sure he could have somebody to stop and pray um, with afterwards. And if I wouldn't have been a little bit late on my timeline, not God's timeline, if I wouldn't have been a little bit late into walking that service, I may not have been able to have an interaction with Mark for him to ask me to stay afterwards to pray. And for me to then be praying for her during the worship as well. So as I was sitting there and, well, standing there and worshiping the Lord, I, um, was praying over the situation. I was like, Lord, you're the God that can do mighty miracles. You're the way maker. You're the healer. You're Jehovah Rapha, our healer. And we just kind of worshiped the Lord, um, doing the songs in my mind as well. As we continued to praise and worship the Lord, and I was just seeking, you know, wisdom and guidance and direction from the Holy Spirit also afterwards, how to, how he wanted me to pray. How can I partner with your spirit to pray about this, Lord? I know that you're a God that heals, that wants healing, that you're a God that gives life. So how can I partner with your spirit to pray in a way that you're moving? And so I felt like the Holy Spirit said, it is the atmosphere of worship that is in this room that bring will bring healing. And that that child is already healed, has already received the miracle before you ever even pray because of the worship, the atmosphere of worship that wow. this sanctuary is creating through the authentic worship and spirit and truth for the Lord, for him. And that when I was to pray after the service for that child, I was to pray for its future because it was already healed from the atmosphere of worship that we were releasing the presence of the Lord through our worship during the middle of that beginning of the service. And so I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, don't pray for the baby's healing because it's already healed. I want you to pray for the baby's future. And so and declare and prophesy life and truth and just all the good things over this baby's future. And so I was like, oh my gosh, wow, this revelation. I'm still like, okay, Lord, like, I hope this is right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, this is what I feel like you were speaking to me. And so uh, after the service, Mark went ahead and prayed over the baby just for healing. Mm -hmm. And then I like, put my hand on the mama's tummy and I just prayed and declared a future that this kid would have a future that the Lord had ordained that every step would be covered by the Lord that he had already marked them and numbered his God. days and that it would be a leader that it would stand against any uh, um, lies of the enemy that the child would be able to be just a complete blessing to their community and just was prophesying life life that they would be able to also continue to help and make waves through their entire life of the good things of the Lord and continue to be a blessing for the Lord allowing this miracle to happen and just living a testament of that miracle. I told her every day I set my alarm and I said every day at two o'clock I'm going to pray for your baby's future until the appointment and so I did every day at two o'clock I would pray and honestly I felt nothing. Sometimes you know when you pray you could feel the anointing of the Lord the Holy Spirit's in it and you just know like yes we just touched heaven right <laughs> and like you know the Lord's moving in some kind of way. I felt nothing. And so I was like, Lord, this is interesting. <laughs> this is a little interesting. And so I, I kind of was a little baffled by that. Like I, cause I had felt this during the worship. I had felt Holy Spirit speak to me. And so to not feel anything at all when I was praying over this baby, I felt a little confused, but we don't go by our feelings necessarily. We go by faith. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. And so I just kept and clinged on to faith and saying, okay, well, I'm still, whether I feel it or not, I'm just going to pray for this child. So a week went by. She wasn't at church that week. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Lord, another week. <laughs> I'll find out all the good news next week. The next week, she wasn't there either. And I was like, oh no, I was getting a little nervous. Like, 
oh, maybe she's not coming back to church. Maybe she didn't get this miracle. And we talked all this, like, you know, um, this baby's healed, all these things, you know, prophesying life over the baby. And now it didn't happen. I started to have doubts in my mind and started to, like, worry. Oh, no, like, I didn't mean to discourage her. Like, putting all of this just unnecessary pressure on myself, blame on myself that was not, I didn't need to do that. Like, it's the Lord that works the miracle, not me. So then a third week went by and she still wasn't at church. And so I'm sitting here just like, oh, no, thinking the worst. But in my gut, I'm like, no, Lord, I know. I know that was you. So I was having this internal battle with myself of I truly believe, like I heard the Lord. I heard the Holy Spirit. But it's three weeks and not a peep. No word. I gave her my phone number and said, call me when you leave the appointment. She didn't call me, and now she's not in church for like a third week. And so my mind started to tell me all these bad things, you know, like, oh, it didn't happen. She didn't get the miracle. She she doesn't even like you anymore, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so I was just like, oh, really struggling with uh, just kind of combating my mind, still believing in faith that this woman had received this miracle and this baby was still alive uh, or had kind of come back to life, really. I actually was at a volunteer event we were doing a community outreach block party and so we were at this community event and one of her family members was there and she came up to me and she was like have you heard and I was like heard what what if what what have I not heard and um she was like Rosie and the baby are completely healthy she has a complete healthy bill there's no issues with the baby there's no blood anywhere that the blood was not supposed to be the baby has a heartbeat and it's healthy and I was like praise Jesus I was so excited because I had this just internal dialogue of struggling with my mind telling me one thing but my faith saying no I'm believing this so whenever she shared with me that the baby was alive, had no health issues, had a clean bill of health. I was so excited and I would literally started jumping up and down and was like rejoicing with the Lord and with her family member at the same time, just thanking God. And it just blew my mind that I had created this whole problem in my mind that this miracle didn't happen when it did. And that just goes to show you that our humanity sometimes will push back on our faith. And so we have to stand firm in faith. And when Paul wrote stand firm in faith, it wasn't for just literary purposes. It meant stand firm. And that sometimes we have to stand firm because one, we are humans. And so we have an internal dialogue with ourselves that kind of will start putting doubt in our mind or that we'll just wrestle with these things. And then the enemy also comes along and tries to whisper stuff in our ear that cast doubt on us, but we have to cast out the doubt with the faith. That was kind of one of these like lessons of seeing how even when you don't know the results immediately, I had to wait three weeks and some change before <laughs> I found out that the baby was healed. And the coolest part about finding out about the baby that was healed, a few weeks later might have been like a month later I found out the baby's name and the coolest part about it was that nobody really knows my middle name from church nobody ever says it <laughs> I don't go by Amanda <laughs> Renee there and the baby's name what her middle name was Renee and so it was almost like this little wink from God that was like 
the baby's middle name is the same middle name as yours and that there was just a connection there it was like this little bonded connection of how I had like been praying over this baby's life and didn't feel anything during those, that prayer time um, every day at two o'clock praying over this baby's life and then finding out that she did receive the miracle the baby was alive it was a girl and then her middle name was Renee and mm -hmm. her first name my name means worthy of love or child of God, but her first name also meant love. And so um, it was a more, so it was a more Renee. And I just mm. thought that was so incredible that my name actually means worthy of love. Her name, a more means love and her middle name and my middle name are the same. And so it was just a big God wink of just like, thank you for being obedient. Thank you for having faith. Thank you for standing in faith and declaring these praises over this little child. So I cannot wait to see what uh, more Renee's future holds. I believe that she is going to be a great woman of God, that she'll be able to be a leader and she'll do incredible things for the Lord, that there'll be books and books and books in heaven of testimonies about what that child will do in her future, just because I believe in faith that everything that was decreed and declared over her future will come to pass. Wow. Praise God. To tie that all back in, it goes to show you that even when you're running late, don't want to go somewhere, or not feeling well, or some other circumstance has come across the path that you're walking in and trying to get to the a destination that you want to go to, and you feel like you're having so much pushback, what's even the point of it? That's often the time I feel like the greatest thing is just around the corner, mm -hmm. and that is just the enemy's pushback before you really have some breakthrough or before he, God really is able to move through you and bless other people or provide a miracle for somebody. And so you never know when the Lord's going to move. And so even when I thought I was late, which almost discouraged me from not going to church, it was actually the perfect timing on God's timeline. So it was really, really cool to see what the Lord was able to do through even me sleeping in a little too long <laughs> <laughs> and not feeling like going, but just having that little urge to, nope, you should be there today. Mm -hmm. And even if I wasn't there, God would have used somebody else. He would have used somebody else. But because I was there and I woke up and I was even running late, but being obedient to the Lord and still going and to honor him and to worship him, even though I, I made it there, if I did not make it there, he could have used anybody else. And so it wasn't because I was so special that the Lord didn't do a miracle because I didn't show up. No, it was because I was obedient and I was there and I was open to receiving the word from the Lord to move upon this and, and pray a specific way with the Lord. You've got but to if, be a part of it. I've got to be a part of it, exactly. <laughs> but if I wasn't there, somebody else, he would have spoke to somebody else and they would have got to be a part of it, you know? So it's not because one person is so special. It's just because people have a surrendered heart and are open to listening to the Lord. And so if it wasn't me, it would have been somebody else. So I think that that just teaches us too, just to be obedient be open, be available. That's one of the biggest things. I'm like, Lord, here I am. I'm available. <laughs> I am available. And so I feel like the more and more I make myself available to the Lord, where I'm just like, my agenda is put down. Lord, whatever your agenda is, let's do that. Whatever you want to do, I want to do that. I felt like there was a season of probably about uh, two years ago the Lord told me, and I'm still kind of in that season, so it's not a done season. It's a still in the middle of season, but the Lord said, hand me every dream that you have, every ambition that you have, everything that you desire to do, hand it to me, and let me sift it out, and let me recreate dreams with you, and so it was kind of hard at first to just fully be like, here's all my dreams, hopes, and ambition. <laughs> Take it all, you know, and truly, truly mean that, not just 
say, okay, Lord, sure, but like really lay it down. And people ask me now, like, what's your dreams? What's your ambition? Like, what do you want to see for the future? I'm like, I don't know whatever the Lord has in store. I'm still waiting on the Lord to really open that door and reveal it to me. And it's not that I don't have ambition or that I'm lazy or anything. I'm, I love to do things. And so it was really honestly hard for me to kind of pull back and not try Mm -hmm. to continuously be busy or continuously be working on something or having a new goal it was hard to kind of put all that on pause because I have been like a very ambitious person throughout my life and my career and to put all of that aside and say, okay, Lord, take it all, sift it out and let's just have a clean blank slate where you and I, meaning me and the Lord dream together. And so I'm still in that season where I feel like I've laid it all down. And now the Lord's just so slightly starting to put and deposit new dreams uh, where we're dreaming together and like being able to kind of just see what the Lord's doing and waiting on him though. That's the important part is waiting on the Lord, not trying to strong arm yourself into whatever you want to do or whatever opportunity. Maybe there is an opportunity available, but pray, seek God first and make sure it's the door that he wants you to walk through. And I know for me, like there's been other opportunities, but it's, it's not the right opportunity. I just feel that in my spirit where we're still waiting on the Lord to open the right door because there may be many doors that open for you, but mm-hmm. if it's not the right door, it's still the wrong door. I think that there is really something so special about just waiting on the Lord, waiting on his timing. Even if it seems like we're running late, we're not running late on his timing. There is something very specific about not getting in front of the Lord too that you want to take heed to. I know that. One of my biggest prayers is, Lord, don't let me take one step out from underneath your shadow. I want to stay under the shadow of your wing, and I don't want to take one step out from underneath you because I can't afford it. I cannot afford it at this point in my life to take one step beyond what the Lord is saying or doing or where he's at. I want to be completely sheltered under his wing and under his guidance and under his strong tower. Otherwise, you you get ahead of the Lord and you get yourself in some deep water. And deep does call out to deep, but <laughs> I don't want to be over my head. Um, I'd rather be right beside the Lord. And I think that the biggest takeaways from today are being able to realize that even when all chaos is breaking loose, your house is burning down, everything's going wrong, the parrot, the birds, <laughs> almost like getting burned up in the oh, house. And the, and the dog did show back up. The dog did show back up. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Don't know where he'd been, but he did show back up. Amen. Blame it all on the dog. It was the dog's fault, <laughs> not me. <laughs> so, um, but I, I think there's something just so special about being able to share that testimony and share how the Holy Spirit truly is our comforter. He also comes and replaces all the things of the enemy's soul. And so whenever things are taken away, chaos ensues, the Lord will replace it all. And so we've been able to see that faithfully in all of your life, um, in my life as well. And the Lord continues to just bless us in, in incredible ways, but it doesn't come without a lot of other stuff that's happened as well. But everything the enemy tries to take or still still and destroy, the Lord replaces tenfold. And so even when it feels like something's being taken away, and like even when you're talking about like dreams and ambition, even if the Lord say, hand those, let me sift it out, that's not him being mean. It's not necessarily, you know, all these things just be taken away from you. The Lord's taking everything away from me. No, the Lord's giving you everything that you possibly can have and then some. And so being able to not have your hand so tight, but loosen your hand and say, Lord, my hand is open. My hand's available. I'm available um, for you to put your hand in mine and lead me to where your Holy Spirit's taking me. I think those are the two biggest takeaways from today is just that the Lord is faithful. He's faithful to comfort us in the middle of just really terrible circumstances. 
and chaos and hard stuff. He's there to remind us of his faithfulness and to bring back a testimony that I don't even know if my grandfather knew beforehand, uh, but relive those testimonies of his faithfulness and his history with us and also allowing us to co-partner with him to be able to release his name and see miracles pop forth, come forth through the word of God in the name of Jesus and his mighty miracle working power and that it's not just about one person. God can use anybody. He can use anybody as long as you're available. Um, he can use you. And so That's it's incredible right. to see that it's not just because one person's extra special. No, we're all extra special to God. And he can use every single one of us if we just are open our hearts, open our minds, and open our um, selves to receive the word of the Lord and to partner along with his Holy Spirit. He is faithful. He is still a miracle working God. And he is right here with us. He's the mighty Emmanuel, God with us. Praise God. And he will be faithful to you and he wants you to do the same thing that we're doing like from one generation to the next he wants you to to uh to tell of all the goodness all the blessings that he's given to you that he's uh the the good deeds that he's provided and done for you and your family and he wants you to tell your children and your grandchildren and others uh Amen. about all the blessings of the lord absolutely one of the, the things i do is every time i like hear a word from the lord every time i see a miracle every time i get like a prophetic word or any time that the lord does anything really special whatever it may be i journal it i journal it so i can remember the history with the lord i remember the first time that the lord ever did anything for me and i was like wow i'll never forget this this is incredible <laughs> and then after he does like 50 more things you're like what was that one thing again like you know <laughs> so it's so important i think to write down the history of the lord so you don't forget it and then the generations and generations and generations after you that like i don't know my great 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 grandmother's name but my intent is that if my great 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 grandchildren will know my name not because i necessarily care that they know my name but i want them to know my testimony mm. i want them to know what the lord did for me i wanted them to know how the lord blessed me and that those blessings carry for a thousand generations i want my great 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 grandchildren to know that their great 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 grandmother had a relationship with the lord almighty that was real that was tangible and they can have the same thing too and that is curated by continuing to pass down those testimonies from generation to generation of what the Lord can do and how he did it for me and how he can do it for you and how he will continue to do it across generations. And those blessings do last for a thousand generations. Praise and God. so write them down. If the Lord does anything with you, personal history with the Lord, write it down so that you can remember it and you're going through the hard times and trying seasons. You can open that book up and read what he did, testify. The Bible says that the enemy, the accuser of the brethren, is cast down by the blood of the Lamb, which is Jesus, and by the power of the word of your testimony. Amen. And so when you can recall in your personal history with the Lord, it's not somebody else's, which is good. Those are absolutely good. But when you have personal history with the Lord, you can recall that, man, I'm in this situation. This is awful. I'm facing this sickness. I'm facing X, Y, and Z. But look what the Lord did for me before. And you can call on that testimony, call on that faith that you had before and say, yes, Lord, you did it then, you can do it again. And that will be a, a thing that sustains you during the hard trying seasons because you and we all know that the word says that we will experience trouble in the world. And so 
that's not something that we should be blown away when we experience hard times or trouble, but we have every resource and tool to withstand. And when you write your personal history of the Lord, I think that's just an excellent uh, addition to those tools to be able to remember the testimony that God's given us of his personal love for us, his personal faithfulness for us, and how he once did it and he can do it again. And whatever the lies of the enemy are trying to tell you that he's not or he's not there, he's forgotten about you, will be cast down by the power of the word of your testimony. Well, we hope that you've enjoyed this episode of One Generation to the Next. Before we leave, we want to be able to pray with you and pray over you. So in the name of Jesus, we just come together and just praise you for being such a faithful God, for being with us, for being our Jehovah Jireh, our provider, Jehovah Rapha, our healer, for creating personal history with us, God. We just thank you for your goodness, your tangible presence that goes before us, behind us, and all around us prepare the way. And I just ask that you continue to minister to every single person that hears this, that you continue to just deliver them in every way to show your goodness, to show your mercy, to show your grace, to just cover them in your presence. And I ask that you just put a hedge of protection around them, that no enemy shall be able to prevail over them, and that your goodness and your mercy will be seen through every circumstance of their life, that whatever trial or circumstance they may be facing that seems like it's never going to end, Lord, I just ask that you be the strength of their hands, that you just renew them in everything, that they restore them in the mind of Christ, and just give them uh, the encouragement that they desire, that they need from you, Lord, and let them turn their hearts fully towards you. And let them only be led by your Holy Spirit. We praise you, God, for being with us and being our strong tower and being our refuge, Lord. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we are one generation to the next. And until next time, we'll see you then. Bye-bye. God bless you.